Professor of Psychophilosophy at the Aphid Institute. In this installment of Porn and Marx, I'll be exploring the secret politics of the cum shot. The cum shot, or money shot, dates from the 1960s and 70s, a vestige of the earliest days of the modern era of legalized film pornography. This dating is important, as the emergence of the cum shot appears to be somewhat practical. In the 60s and early 70s, hormone-based contraceptives were not fully trusted, and many pornography actresses claimed to prefer that actors not ejaculate inside of the vaginal canals. Remember that the Roe versus Wade decision would not fully democratize abortion in the U.S., until 1973. The cum shot quickly became so critical that Stephen Ziplau, in his 1977 book Filmmaker's Guide to Pornography, claimed, quote, One thing is for sure. If you don't have the cum shots, you don't have a porno picture. As the male actors had to ejaculate somewhere and do so visibly, the facial cum shot, on which I will focus for the balance of this discussion, emerged as a common motif of pornography. This allowed for a visual manifestation of the male orgasm, while still including the actress until the very end of the sex act. The cum shot was, and is, used to punctuate the clear end of the encounter, while subtly affirming that the rendezvous was purely for the male's sexual pleasure. The female becomes objectified, obviously. No one would think to ask her whether she prefers to be ejaculated on. But furthermore, the act is analogous to an animal urinating to mark its territory. It is a custom of pornography that the ejaculate must be clearly visible for some period of time, even if the semen is eventually ingested. This often involves a period of time during which the fourth wall is violated for the sake of featuring the semen. The actress will hold still playing toward the camera, or stare directly at it, often with her tongue exposed. The woman who has provided pleasure and is now used up, the semen on her face a repulsive scarlet letter of sorts, reminding the viewers who are presumably sexually exhausted at this point that she too has been exhausted. The subconscious fear of cuckoldry can be set aside as she has been clearly marked as tainted. Now, this is indeed objectifying the actress, but male viewers derive further pleasure from this because it is the objectification of the woman who would deny him in real life. The ultimate fantasy is to have sex with the beautiful woman, but in the final moments, turn his semen into a tool of revenge to demean her. 
In other words, the male fantasy is not merely to be worthy of Venus, but to better her. The darkest psychological implication of the cum shot is that the woman has given herself over to the man, allowing herself to be used as a reproductive vessel of spreading his genes. The woman has let down her guard, and in the ultimate act of trust, given herself over to the man for use as a vessel of reproduction. Instead of inseminating the woman's uterus, fulfilling the promise of the woman as a reproductive vessel, he subverts the fruit of the sexual encounter into a weapon to be fired into the most vulnerable part of the woman's body, her face. The semen is used to cover her facial orifices, to blind her, to obstruct her breathing even. All hope of gender equality or romantic mutual pleasure, ideally signified by the concurrent orgasm of both parties, is overtly denied the woman. Sexual intercourse alone is a permitted act of violation is not good enough for the viewer. The weaponization of the male seed is necessary for the film to fully manifest as a work of eroticized aggression. You're choking the chicken. You're strangling the python. You're shaking the caravan, Jeffrey. 